You're listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From May the 24th, 2020 at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida. The text is Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up into heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. And after his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking to them about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? And he replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven, he will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. back to your school days. For some of you, that's a stretch, I know. But think back to your school days and to that teacher who told you this. There are no stupid questions. You had that teacher, right? You've heard that before. There are no stupid questions. Well, I want to say that's a lie. There are stupid questions. Case in point is the questions that the disciples asked the risen Lord in the story that we read together from the book of Acts. Now, I want to set this in context a little bit first. Think about the context. In the book of Acts, the risen Lord is with the disciples. Now, he has been crucified. He has been buried. And now he is resurrected from the dead. Resurrected from the dead. And then he spends 40 days with them, off and on with them. He teaches them. He convinces them with many convincing proofs. Luke, the author of Acts, tells us. And he is resurrected from the dead. And then he is whoosh, taken up into heaven. And they are with a guy that has been, have I said this yet? Resurrected from the dead. I mean, this is kind of a big deal, don't you think? Don't you think that they, they, they would recognize what a big deal that was? But you know what question they asked Jesus, who was 
resurrected from the dead. They said, so is is now the time that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? I just, I, just want, I just want to go back in time and I want to grab them by the shoulders and I want to shake them. You are with the risen Lord and you're still back on that same tired old question. You see, what they really wanted was a Messiah who would come and restore the kingdom of Israel to its previous glory. Like back in the day of King David, which at their time would have been about a thousand years prior. And that's all they could fix their minds on. And so this question, so are you, are you going to restore the kingdom now? It was a stupid question. And I want to say that the disciples once again exhibit an adventure in missing the point. But before we're too hard on those guys, we still miss the point way too much. Like, take for instance, college football. I'm a big college football fan. I'm a University of Tennessee volunteer fan. And I want to tell you about what happened in 1998. We won the national championship. The national championship. This was a big deal. And since that time, it hasn't been great for Tennessee fans. Let's just say it's been a couple of lean years since 1998. But every now and then, I'll get on a, one of the fan pages online, and I'll see some volunteer fan who says, maybe this is the year we're going to win the national championship. And I just want to grab them by the shoulder and shake them and say, you know, Maybe we should focus on not being the laughing stock of the Southeastern Conference first. Or maybe we could string together like two winning seasons in a row. You see, nostalgia, nostalgia for the past, it breeds contempt for the present. Or maybe you could relate to this. Think about the guy who stands in front of the mirror kind of like, oh, wow, I'm going go to go on a diet. I'm going to get back to my high school weight. And you kind of look at him and you think, well, maybe, uh, maybe you should just aim for that 45-year-old weight. <laughs> See, nostalgia for the past breeds contempt for the present. Or maybe this example will work for you. Think about a pastor who asks her church board, so when should we gather for worship? I don't know any pastors who would have done that on Clearwater Beach, say, this past Wednesday. I don't know any pastors like that at all. When, when do you think we might be able to gather for worship? You see, nostalgia for the past breeds contempt for the present. And so the disciples, they throw out this stupid question to Jesus. So Jesus, now, is now the time when you're going to restore the, the kingdom to Israel? In other words, so are you going to overthrow the Roman government now? <laughs> and I don't know if the risen Lord experienced normal emotions. I kind of think he did. I don't really know. But if he did, he was probably pretty frustrated by that question, maybe even angry. But he doesn't really show it, even though he, he offers a gentle correction. 
He says, oh, come on, guys. This is my interpretation. Oh, come on, guys. Now is not the time, and you're not going to know the time. You're not going to know it. And then he continues, but, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Judea and in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So you're not going to know the time or the place about overthrowing the Roman government, but you will receive power. And I love that word in the Greek, power. The Greek word that we translate into power is the Greek word dunamis. Dunamis, from which we get our English word dynamite. You will get this explosive kind of power. And you know what you're going to do with that power? You're not going to overthrow the Roman government. You're going to be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea and all Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You see, up until that point, the Jesus movement had been kind of a local sort of movement in and around the Sea of Galilee. And then it it became kind of a, a regional movement, but it wouldn't become a global movement until Jesus ascended into heaven and the Holy Spirit came upon those first followers. Dunamis, power, you're going to get it. And you're going to be my witness locally, regionally, and globally. And it was probably hard for them to imagine what that would mean. It, it was probably hard for them to project that far into the future. But those 11 guys, fearful for their lives in an upper room, would become today 2.3 billion Christians. You think they received some dunamis, some explosive power? I think so. But they didn't have it yet. You see, in this story, the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. Jesus had given them this promise that they would receive this power, and then he was taken up into heaven, and then they were left kind of standing there. This is how I imagine it. <laughs> and I don't, know, I don't know how long they stayed there, but it, it seems like it must have been a little while, long enough for a couple of angels to come down and say, hey, guys, wake up. Don't just stand there looking into heaven with your, with your jaw on the floor. The power hadn't come yet. They were in an in-between time, kind of like we are now. We can't predict. We can't see into the future. We can't see what kind of power we will receive in the days ahead. We believe that we will receive enough power for the facing of whatever comes next, but we don't know what that looks like yet because we're living in the in-between, just like they were. And so they didn't really know what to do. The, the power, they hadn't received the power yet, so they did the only thing that they knew to do. And they gathered back in that upper room, and they, they held an election. <laughs> Sounds like church, doesn't it? They held an election because they, they needed another disciple to replace Judas, right? So they held an election. They, they didn't know what to do, so they just did what they knew how to do. In the words of my friend Linda Silram, they just did the next right thing. Now, you and I, we can't predict 
what the future holds. We're in this strange in-between time, and we're, we're wondering, when will it return to normal? But, but guys, that's not, that's not a great question, is it? When will things get back to normal? Not the best question for us to ask. As people of faith, as followers of Jesus Christ, followers of the way, the question we should be asking is this. How can we best glorify God in this present moment? You see, nostalgia for the past, it breeds contempt for the present. And there is a work for us to do in the here and in the now. Let's not focus on the past. Let's think about our role in this moment. And our role is really just to do the next right thing. The next right thing is actually a song from the Disney movie Frozen 2. I won't read you the whole uh, lyrics, but just the first verse. I've seen dark before, but not like this. This is cold. This is empty. This is numb. The life I knew is over. The lights are out. Hello, darkness, I'm ready to succumb. I follow you around, I always have. But you've gone to a place I cannot find. The grief has a gravity, it pulls me down. But a tiny voice whispers in my mind, You are lost, hope is gone. But you must go on and do the next right thing. So my friends, let us not fixate our minds on the past because nostalgia simply breeds contempt for the present. But let's go forward and simply do the next right thing. And therefore, we will glorify God in this present moment. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.